Hello there, and welcome to Kingdom of the Logos, a Christian program of critical thinking and adventure. And today, we're going to be reaching for heaven, for we are commissioned by Almighty God to be a priesthood of all believers. And we should take up the mentality of John Wesley, who looks at all of the entire world as his parish. So in this episode, we'll be discussing the high aspirations of the movie Call of the Wild and the importance of Jerusalem in Psalm 137. Thank you for joining us. I'm Pastor J. Dylan Proctor, and there are a few others with me here in the studio. I'm Pastor Amanda Sparrow. And I'm Pastor Mike Proctor. And let's go ahead and open up in prayer, shall we? Um, Pastor Amanda, would you open us in prayer? Sure, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your many blessings, and now be with us today in our conversation. Be with those who are listening, um, and may we, as we have encountered your presence, be transformed more and more into the image you have created us to be. We ask these things in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 And yes... So how are we? Are we having a good week? Are we ready to have some aspirations and reach towards heaven today? <laughs> Amen. Yes. Now we're really sounding like a bad, <laughs> a bad episode of a Seven Hundred Club. Yeah. Yes, that Sorry. is our that is our aspiration is to be better than a bad segment of the Seven Hundred Club. Well, let's get into our program today. We're going to have some serious conversations, but before we get there, we're going to go through unholiness today. And in the spirit of last week, we're going to do a series of buy, sell, or hold proposals. And Amanda and Mike have not heard this list yet, and you have it at home. So send us your thoughts, questions, comments on these. If you buy, you like it. If you sell, you don't like it. And we're just going to go through all of this together. You ready? All right. All right. Number one, the animated film The Prince of Egypt is more underrated than the Charlton Heston Ten Commandments movie is overrated. Yes. Bye. I'll sell. <laughs> and what that means is... I agree with the statement that that the Prince of Egypt is underrated, but I will not. You don't agree that Charles Heston is overrated? No, no. <laughs> well, that's so, the thing. So I'll sell on that po- no, on no, no. that reason. But the you actually sound like you're buying it because the the proposition is is that it's more underrated than the Charlton Heston movie is overrated. It's okay. More I'll underrated. buy that then. I'll okay. buy. I'll change my answer. Can okay. I change my answer? Yeah. Yeah, that was a little bit tricky. Number two, door to door trick or treating is a thing of the past. And hmm. church parking lot trunk or treat will be effectively gone within a decade. Yeah, I'll buy that. I think we're going to have to reconfigure. I think something else will take its place, both as a community door to door or as a church in, um, practice as the trunk or treat. But it definitely is going to, there's going to be something different in All 10 right. years it, or less. <laughs> I'll buy. Bye. So buy? I'll buy it too. Um, number three, your loyalty to the Church of the Nazarene can be measured in how many holiness songs you sing to your dog <laughs> while inserting your dog's name somewhere in the song. I will buy that because I, I do sing. I, uh, well, okay, I blame my mom for that one. She sang hymns to us as lullabies. So I do the same thing with my dog is he gets hymns uh, late at night before going to sleep. I haven't put his name in there yet, um, but... He does, but his name does appear in other lullabies as well. So, yes, I'll agree. <laughs> You'll buy that? I'll buy that. Mike, I am turning, I am embarrassed because I do the same thing. And oh, I didn't know Pastor Amanda did that. Oh, but this I, is Everybody probably knows I do. Cause I, I, but, yeah, so I I don't know whether I can buy that or not because it's the measurement. I mean, even though we're a little eccentric and and it happens to us. I don't know if that's a true measuring. I'm, I'm just going to sell. I'm going to sell. I can't buy. Even though I... Participate. Even I, It's just because I'm eccentric. 
I'll go. Well, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say, but I would sing a lot of hymns to Charlie when he was dying. I would carry him around and sing things like Standing on the Promises. I went through all sorts of crazy hymns that I don't, we don't use regularly, and I would I would share those with the dog um, and still do with Count <laughs> now that I only have Count. Well, I, I, I was singing, We shall gather at the river. <laughs> Bud will gather. Yeah, at the that, that's river. what we all do. I know it. Um, and hey, hey I, I, this is what this is. The dog likes it. Yeah, he loves it. Yeah, well, dogs like an attention. So now, let, now I can't say the same for my wife. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're we're on number three of twenty guys. We got to roll okay, through this we're list. Keep going. Okay, all right. Number four. If Andy Griffith slash Andy Taylor were to be compared to a biblical character, so this is the actual sheriff, Andy Griffith slash Andy Taylor, not the actual man who's an actor, but if that character were to be compared to a biblical character, he would be most like Nicodemus. Hmm. I, I, don't, I haven't thought about this long enough to have an answer, but I want to sell it because I think he would be more kind of like a reluctant prophet or a reluctant judge, but I don't know. I'm going to sell for that. Pastor Mike? I'm going to sell. You gonna sell? Well, my logic for that was he's inquisitive. He is a man of the law, and he does stand up for Jesus when other people don't want mm. to. But he's not like one of the close twelve who kind of has some misunderstandings and complications. So, That's all right, we're well, moving on. For it. Yeah, there's an argument for it. Um, moving on, number five. It would be a more enjoyable trade-off to spend thirty minutes a day reading the books you were forced to read in school rather than ever having to diet again. Yes, bye. So bye. <laughs> I'll sell. Really? Because I'm eccentric and I still read some of those books. Well, no, that's what you say. Like, it's, yeah. it's better to read those books you were forced to read in, in, in school than it is to diet. It would be more to enjoyable. To go on a diet. Have you? It, it, thank God this is not a full body camera. But yes, I'm still going to sell because <laughs> okay. of the way I look. Okay. All right. But I enjoy reading the books still. All right. All right. All right. Most okay. of them. Not all of them. Little Caesar's <laughs> Crazy Bed is better than their pizza. Yes, bye. So when bye? I'll buy. All right. If Ahab and Jezebel were alive today, they would run a news outlet. Oh, definitely bye. I'm sorry, Pastor Mandy. I jumped on <laughs> over that one just to say bye. I'll buy that one too. Yeah. All right. Pineapple pizza is a du a direct reminder of the sinful moment when Eve took the fruit in the Garden of Eden. Okay, now hold on. I love Pineapple and bacon, not pineapple and ham. That nasty Hawaiian pizza is nasty, but pineapple and bacon on a pizza is one of the best combinations. So, well, hey, you know, some people up. love them some depravity now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll just leave it there. That's a true statement. All right. I'm so, any, any buying or selling? Oh, I'm going to sell. I'm gonna sell. Yeah, sell? sell. So, okay. <laughs> Next up, we've got an eight hour car ride with all of its stops and pre planning. <sighs> is better than a four-hour plane ride with all of its pre-planning and time spent in the airport. No. I'd, ra I'd rather I'd rather fly. I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather fly. I know that's probably the minority opinion, but I would definitely. All right, so there's a sell? That's a sell, yeah. I'm going to buy because my wife is the best planner. Every stop, sometimes I get frustrated with it, but it is outstanding. So I'm going to buy that. Okay. Um, a seal will be broken before a good movie telling the story of Titanic is made. <laughs> that's great. I love that. Yes. So that's a buy. Pastor Mike? Buy. You either love the movie Titanic or you hate it with the heat of a thousand of Nebuchadnezzar's fiery infernos. Um, 
So moving along. I like the apocalyptic seal must be broken first. Yes. Or is, th- or is that the first seal that it will be broken? That, a decent Titanic. A decent Titanic film. All right. Next up on our list is um, if the Book of Judges would make for a great reality TV, then the Kingly Chronicles would make for a great horror thriller series. So like a suspense oh, era yeah. type movie. At least like, if not a suspense, like a slasher. Like just okay. blood and gore everywhere. So I'll buy. You'll buy? I'll buy. All right. All right. Here we go. Um, here we got a Mount Rushmore proposition. So when it's a Mount Rushmore, the order doesn't matter, but these are just kind of a top four in any order. Okay. okay. So does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So a Mount Rushmore for Easter songs should include At Calvary, He Lives, Because He Lives, and Christ the Lord is Risen Today. Is that the same one up from the grave? Yes. Yes. Then yeah, I'll buy. I'll buy. Okay. I was looking for some contention there, but that's okay. All right. Next up, we've got... You You didn't... Did you buy, sell, or hold on that? Well, I wrote the list, so I bought it. You bought oh, okay. It. I think, yeah, I think... Uh, I'm sure we're missing something, but those definitely seem to be the top four. Okay. Okay. Good deal. All righty. Next up, we have children singing VBS songs without ever practicing them is better than practiced adults reading Reader's Theater. So this is kind of the congregational response. Yeah. <laughs> I'll buy that. You'll buy that? How, how, I will buy this at any cost. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just going to let that roll. You kind of turned your head down there like no, no further statement must be made. All right. So a while ago, y'all, we covered a story where a man, he had poached hundreds of deer out of season and he'd been killing them. He might take the rack. He was just kind of killing them for the trophies. I don't know if y'all remember this, mm-hmm. but a court, when he got arrested for poaching, the court ordered him to watch the movie oh, Bambi yes. once a month for his entire sentence in jail um, or in prison. That was his punishment. So if that is a, well, let's just, that's proposition 14. Being ordered to watch Bambi once a month after being convicted of mass poaching is acceptable. Yeah. I'll buy. Mike? I'll sell. You'll sell? Because I don't think that's harsh enough. I think that's, uh, I, I don't know. I, Have I don't you know. seen Bambi? <laughs> it's a pretty harsh punishment. I, yeah, but at the end of the day, it's a cartoon. Okay, well, if being court-ordered to watch Bambi is on the table, then punishment for obvious regifting should be that you have to watch The Muppet's Christmas Carol once a month. Oh, so I was thinking you were going to say that, like, the Magi's gift or something. Um, but, yeah, I'll agree. You'll agree? I'll I agree. I'll buy. I'm going to have to sell because on the previous one, I saw it because I felt like that was too hard. Uh, not harsh Not enough. harsh enough. This one is too harsh. <laughs> this one's too. I have to sell for the opposite reason. Okay. Okay. I can live with that. All righty. Eating tacos at home is better than eating them at Taco Bell. <laughs> Anything's almost anything's better than Taco Bell. Yeah, bye. Well, hey, I'll stick up for Taco Bell. Well, okay, I do like the, the little cinnamon crunch everything. things. Oh man, the and they used to have good slushies, and they've changed the flavors now. They're not mm-hmm. good, but they used to be excellent. I, I am going to buy because I have had tacos at my mother's house, and I've had tacos at Miss Leona's, and by all means. Taco Bell doesn't even shine a light to these two ladies. Y'all want to know what makes the best tacos ever? Having those steak strips that you make like a Philly cheesesteak out Mm. of in there. Yeah, that's the good stuff. 
Hey, Mama made some with taco burgers, uh, taco. I mean, uh, turkey? turkey burgers in the tacos, and it oh, was. Yeah. Oh, I, oh I, it I, was. I, hey, I, that, that, uh, that's another seal being broken. Turkey burgers. No, no, no it's not, not either. It's outstanding. Hey, if you get the right kind of taco seasoning or or um, yeah. fajita seasoning, yeah, you can make almost anything taste good. Uh, yeah. Justin made one with um, tempeh, which is like a vegan meat substitute. I don't like tempeh, but it was it was it was edible if you put all the seasonings on it and smother it with cheese which makes it no longer vegan but anyways <laughs> all right well number 17 we're like three minutes past our time frame for the segment but we'll be okay okay all right number 17 eating nachos at a high school game is a more delicious luxury than eating popcorn at the movies no I'm, no no i'm gonna sell that one all right nothing beats popcorn at the movies <laughs> okay and thus the price of popcorn at the movies is why we still pay that <laughs> price. So I'll, um, I'm with Amanda on that one. Okay, okay. Number 18, if a Mount Rushmore were to be sculpted, so this is sculpted images, of four images representing church division, the four images would be a music score, <laughs> a thermostat, <laughs> a clock, and a sound system. I think the sound system could be that or a projector screen, and I, I would buy I'll buy that. You'll buy that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or, are you are you afraid of this list of, <laughs> of Mount Rushmore? <laughs> I don't. I don't know what. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, those are those are issues that don't belong. That they create more attention than they ever should. Oh yeah. That that's why they're on Mount Rushmore. Yeah. That's why they're on Mount Rushmore. This. So I'll just have to say, yeah. All righty. All right. All right. The oh, last two. We got to run through these real quick. The Money Pit Mystery. So up in Nova Scotia, they've got this pit. People have been digging in it for hundreds of years. There's, there's even a History Channel show about it now. The Money Pit Mystery will be solved before the Ark of the Covenant is found. Bye. 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 All right. The existence of the musical movie, Joseph's Amazing Technicola Dean... Technicolor Dreamcoat, which if you've seen this, it's straight out of the gates of hell. You can't lay a finger on why it's depraved and wicked, but something's not right about this movie. But that is a real-life example of, there is a way that seems right to a man, but it leads to the way of death. Proverbs 16.25. I, I have not actually watched the movie, so I don't think I can give testament to its value or depravity. But uh, knowing what, what genre, not genre, but like who produced it, I can kind of see where you're going. So no, no takes on that. No, uh, yeah, you, she. Are you holding? Yeah, I'll hold. I'll use I'll my hold. one. Hold. I haven't watched it for the same <laughs> oh, reason that I'm afraid bad. that someone would make me w run around with a sign that said "unclean" and oh, yes. scream it's, that it's out very everywhere unclean. I went. If I had watched it, I, so I, I haven't watched it yet. I can't lay a finger. Have no plans to watch yeah, it. Yeah, it's bad. Anyways, we'll be back with a more serious conversation. Thank you for spending time with us. Alrighty, thank you for spending time with us here at Kingdom of the Lagos. We really do aspire to be something more than a bad segment of the 700 Club. And today, we're going to be moving into a serious conversation that we have titled, Reach for Heaven. Now, we in the church, we must be a priesthood of all believers that are a people of high aspirations. And Pastor Amanda emailed me this week with the quote from John Wesley's journal, and I'm just going to let her introduce that statement a little bit, and then we're going to compare that to the movie Call of the Wild, which is a fantastic film. Yeah. Okay. So this is, um, we, we probably 
you have probably heard this quote before used in various places of John Wesley saying, the world is my parish, but this is the full quote out of his journal uh, from 1739. And it reads as follows. I look upon all the world as my parish. Thus far I mean that in whatever part of it I am, I judge it meet right and my bounden duty to declare unto all that are willing to hear the glad tidings of salvation. Alrighty, so we're going to take that quote, which is, it's a very aspirational thing. You know, this is not desperate. This is not, you know, a, a pitiful thing. This is something which says, the whole world is my parish. Now, within that, he's not trying to solve all the problems of the world. But in other words, his worldview says, I am looking at the whole world with some high aspirations. We in the church, Christians have tended to like aspirational stories, things like superhero tales, things of that nature, where you're looking at the massive problems of the world and you have high aspirations of dealing with them, even though you may not be able to solve them all, but you do have a worldview that says we're reaching for heaven. Today, as we talk about this John Wesley quote, I want us to use the illustration of the movie Call of the Wild. And here's the trailer for it. It's a movie about a dog. The Yukon is a dangerous place. And it's told from the perspective of the dog. You never know what's coming. And I it stars Harrison Ford, but he's really I only the last third of the movie. Be around anyone. And there he I is. There's Harrison Buck. Ford. He was a dog like no other. He'd been spoiled. Out! Come on, Buck! And he'd suffered. Come on! And that's a pivotal point there. He had been spoiled and he had suffered at he the hands of man. But he couldn't be broken. This movie, it's beautiful. The dog is CGI, which from, is a shame. They could have done this with the real dog. And the man the there, the he earth. says, I don't know I where you came from. I know where like you are now. So this movie, it takes place in Alaska. It's a gorgeous movie. Just the cinematography of it, even with the CGI, is fantastic. It's a very aspirational movie. And today, I want us to talk about how we as the church, we need to be people of high aspirations. You know, this dog Buck that we saw there, he looks a little bit like a St. Bernard. He's CGI, but I presume he's a St. Bernard. You know, Buck has aspirations. He gets himself into trouble, but everywhere he goes, he has this inner nature that is calling him back. And to use this as a metaphor for things in the church, it's really that God-given nature. You know, we're all created in the image of God, but yet we also have a sin nature. Well, there is this nature that is calling Buck back to his God-given design, um, which is sort of a metaphor. As we as, as men and women, we're created in the image of God. We're called back to that. We have a carnal nature that we, you know, we wrestle with here, but there is something which God designed within us that is calling us back. And this u movie, it uses the metaphor of a wolf. He has a black wolf that everywhere he goes, he gets a glimpse of it here and there, this black wolf. He'll physically see it come out and kind of glance at him or run off into the distance and he'll chase after it. There is something inside Buck calling him back to his design. So let's just open up by talking about all this. I'll open the whole studio up and we can have some thoughts about John Wesley and how there is an importance that we have that when we go throughout the world, we recognize that Holy Spirit is there with us, sort of like that wolf is there for buckets, calling us back that we should have a worldview, whether we're delivering mail or we're with Harrison Ford looking <laughs> off the map to try to find something. That worldview that says, reach for heaven. There's something greater calling you. Well, I think it's important in our dialogue we're discussing. Often when we talk about kind of an inner nature, it does seem we lean more predominantly to discuss the sin nature. And I think for, especially within the holiness movement, we have got to um, 
stop starting in a pl- in the place of the sin nature, but starting the conversation with the divine image that we were created in, because that does precede it. Um, and this is like the hill I will die on. Uh, the article of faith, prevenient grace, needs to be before our article of faith on uh, on sin. And I think if we by by changing that dynamic, we we start with a better place by saying that that nature inside of us. Now listen, I've got a low anthropology. People are crazy. <laughs> they they generally left to their own devices will choose selfishness over helping others. However, that is not the place we start at. We actually do start with an anthropology that confesses that we are created in the divine image, that all of us have the image of God in us, even though it may be broken or marred. Um, but we all possess the capacity for great goodness and love and joy. And, and, and we have to start there. Uh, we do start with this place that even Buck, this pampered uh, pup is how he starts off. Uh, could hear this call of the wild, even all the way in luxury in California. And as he faces hardships and goes through the journey, that call becomes more and more clear to him of who he was originally created to be. And he had to respond to that call, of course, but that call was always within him. And I think as Christians, we have to start there. We have to start with the divine image. Yeah, and using the illustration of the movie, California, which is where the dog's life starts off, is really the spoiling of his Mm -hmm. life. And a lot of times we get spoiled by the sin nature, but what is calling us is something greater than that. And the the most most of the movie, most of the acts of the movie, they take place in Alaska. And he's taken away from that luxury. He's taken away from that which is familiar to him. And he has to wrestle with that wolf nature, the the divine image calling him back. Pastor Mike, what are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, I think when John Wesley uses the word parish, we often think of a a place with uh, physical borders geographically. But I think just as he's using this expression of the world and the parish, it's much more, as he says, just wherever I'm at. And that kingdom of God, we often think of it as well as a... Uh, you know, somewhere with geographically, a a geographical place, but truly it is a way of life place. In other words, it is, it is a way of life that Dr. Dunning refers to as the kingdom of God, that it is, it is not just a place, but it is uh, the way we live our lives, how we interact. And that call to the wild, that is, is kind of taking a play on words. And though we're called to to wild, it's really a call back to that divine image yeah. that we were originally created in. And just like John Wesley, you talk about a physical place. John Wesley realizes that it's not limited to a physical place. Wherever no. you are, just like for Buck, that lingering wolf that watches over him, that Holy Spirit. And I'm glad that you brought up prevenient grace, Amanda. It's it's there. We should be looking for that rather than just looking for the sin nature. We should be looking for how can we act on that impulse. One of the things that is certainly true that Buck, he does have aspirations regardless of his situation. That call of the wild, the wolf nature, which we can specify again is that God-given design, it's motivating him. And it's there with him whether he's delivering mail, no matter where he is, it is there. How can that be used as a metaphor, Pastor Amanda, for us to really look for provenient grace, because sometimes it does take investigating. How do we spend our time looking for that and implementing that rather than just kind of waiting for what our plan might be because things go unplanned a lot of times. Well, and that's the thing, like you you see in the story in the call of the wild with Buck, he, he not only is he kidnapped out of his home in California, which is unexpected, but every time he then kind of, he gets in this routine of being the the sled dog and delivering mail, but then all of a sudden that just ends and and he, he is sold um, to another owner. And so his life is chaotic. Our lives are chaotic. Listen, if you would have asked me, well, not even a year ago, 
I mean, in February, we were doing an episode about how long we thought the COVID, uh, uh, COVID-19 would last. And we're like, oh, this will come and go. It did not come and go. Um, so, so life is chaotic. Life is a mess. Um, the world is a mess. And, and every time we think, uh, I keep, there's an ongoing joke about how we're winning apocalypse bingo. Cause you know, we got the, the pandemic square knocked off and then we got killer wasps and you know, we got uh, social unrest and like, you could just keep going through all these little check boxes of how the world is just, oh, I've never been one of those people that's like the end times are coming, but I'm, I'm, I'm I'm feeling it now. (laughs) But I say all that to say, life is chaotic. We find ourselves in different places. And yet the call of God that was given at the very beginning of creation, I mean, God creates Adam and Eve, creates humanity in the divine image and says, be fruitful and multiply, Uh, basically be a means of blessing. Uh, he says, tend and care and nurture the ground, take care of the animals, take care of one another, be a means of grace. This is what you were created to do, to be. And even after the fall, he then calls a specific people and says, you know, as I create, as I called all of humanity to be a means of grace, now I call a specific community in, in, it once was called the family of Abraham and then became the nation of Israel. And now it's called the church. You know, you are to be a means of grace and that will look differently. I think yeah. it's start, you know, we have to start again with that divine image we are called in. It, it calls us to be uh, investigators of the world around us on how then that is to particularly look in our specific contexts, context. but it, it moves us into a place of recognizing we cannot plan because uh, the world is chaotic and yet God still calls us to be a people of order and to continually live into that grace. And it will look differently sure. somewhat. Um, whether we are the sled dog <laughs> delivering the mail or a pet or whatever, um, w- whatever, again, that's the genius of John Wesley's statement, wherever I am, yeah. wherever I find myself. And listen, John Wesley found himself in some pretty bad places at times. He actually left the United States, his mission trip, because it failed so spectacularly. He had to leave basically in disgrace from the United States. And there's a lot of different stories floating around as to what exactly like the scandal was. But, he, he left, basically failing his mission trip. And yet he, he can still speak to this grace of God that calls him to continually be a minister of the gospel, yeah. even in the midst of failure. Yeah. Sorry, that was a long answer. <laughs> oh, you're fine. Pastor Mike? You know, I think in the, in the movie there's a scene that re- really reflects what Pastor Amanda's saying. So Buck, the dog, finds himself in all these different situations. And then there's a, uh, a moment where he's on this uh, uh, sled team and, and, the, and, and the, the male team there is just, you know, it's not just the people, but it's the dogs as well. And whether, you know, they kind of portray it as if the dog can understand what he's saying to him. But right there at the, you know, there's a statement that says uh, that the male uh, man says to him, you know, we're not just delivering mail, we're delivering lives. And, and as man, Pastor Amanda said, with the blessings that uh, it being life-giving, that whatever situation you find yourself in, aspire above what's on the on the face value yeah. to be that yeah. uh, that divine purpose to bring and give life. And that, I mean, that's a beautiful quote. There's some yeah, other quotes absolutely. in there that are really great, but I I think that really is a is a tremendous scene there. Yeah, it is. You know, the call is more than just a call to the wild. It's a call to return to our design purpose. 
And the more uncertainty comes in the world, the more I find myself going back to those stories in Genesis and those moments in the gospel where we see Jesus talk about our purpose and want to restore us to that. Yeah, and back to the purpose, you know, you know, you can always say, hey, um, looking back at the movie, there's a, a desire to deliver the mail on time. Yeah. You know, yeah. But it's, all of a sudden, when you understand that you are not just delivering mail, but you're delivering life, yeah. the aspiration and the do- desire places a tremendous passion oh, um, that allows you to, to you know, um, you know, persevere. Yeah. Oh, it's in a be- it's a beautiful movie. The the scenery in Alaska is beautiful. The music is beautiful. It is just so well done. Yeah. And you know, not only do we see this crazy journey by Buck the dog, but the character that's played by Harrison Ford, you know, he's taking a journey himself that's more than just a physical journey in a physical place, but he's trying to find peace, going to a place that connects him to his son. Not to give too many spoilers to the movie. There's a tragic thing that's in the movie where Harrison Ford, his son had died unexpectedly and it had wrecked his whole life and he he had gone up to Alaska and his son had these aspirations of exploring off the map and Harrison Ford there, he's gone from just somebody interested in gold to really anything of this earth and he's, he's lost, his marriage is broken and it's no longer about just finding a place where there's gold but Harrison Ford is looking for peace as well and he is, he has that call in him as well which again it's a well-constructed movie with well-constructed plot and the dog is a metaphor for things that go on in our lives and um y'all talk a little bit about that it's not just about going from place to place but there's that higher aspiration that looks for peace even when there is such great tragedy in the world that's right yeah i would just like to say you know there's there's a moment there where you know obviously buck i you say harrison ford's the main you know one of the main headliners of that but the, yeah. the dog is really the main character and there's almost like a sense that in the midst of the brokenness that uh harrison ford is experiencing the actor i can't even think of the the actor's name i don't know if it even gives him a name it, it may the but, character's name the yeah. dog no no uh harrison ford the actor, I mean, oh, the, the who the but, who the yeah, character's what, what name his is. Yeah, uh, character's name is. But either, anyway, the thing is, you know, he 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 often tries to take and drown this sorrow and tragedy and in, in alcohol, and it's almost like Buck comes in and says, no. He tries to take the the alcohol away from him to say, you're not living up to your divine purpose yeah. here by trying to go in the in the wrong sure, direction. Sure. And it's amazing how they help one another. Uh, but, but you know, eventually, I don't want to make any spoilers, but it's just a tremendous place of where they they are searching for this place of peace. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I've always said a good dog movie, the price of loving a dog is that a dog dies in the end. And I, I understand that now after having loved a dog greatly and just human lifespans are longer than that of dog. The price of a good, true, honest dog movie is that the dog dies in the end. This movie doesn't end with that, but it ends with the correct sentiment of that. With this yeah. being told from the dog's story and it being a metaphor for for human life, it, it does end with that ending, but it's not the dog who dies in the tragic but very substantive end that you have there. It's kind of like when you're watching Wonder Woman and Trevor. Um, oh, yeah. He, Steve Trevor. He, yeah, Steve Trevor. He's up there, and you see him in the airplane, and you're like, oh, like I, I like this character, but, bro, you got to – you're going to have to take one for the team. team You're going to have yeah. to die here. Well, I also think it's funny. Like, you guys have both said you don't want to spoil this movie, but it's based on a book that's been out for, like, over 100 years. <laughs> that is true. That so, is true. Um, if, 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 you know, spoilers, you just... Um, but anyways... It's hard yeah, to avoid. It's hard to avoid. But I, I do think there is something, um, like you said, like, 
at the end of the movie, the Harrison Ford character does die. Um, and it actually ends with a lot of destruction as far as the human character's narrative uh, yeah. end. They end in, in kind of... Uh, the kind of antagonist of the story also ends fairly destructively. Like, all but there of, is peace. Yeah, but there's well, peace for the man looking for peace. Right, and and I think that's the thing is, is just that even in the midst of the middle of nowhere, even a beautiful country like uh, Alaska, and I mean country as in like countryside. I know yeah. Alaska is not a country, but anyways. Um, but even in the midst of all that, even in the midst of whether it's aesthetically beautiful or chaotic, and things are exploding or imploding around you. Uh, there is this call, this aspiration, this desire uh, to participate fully um, in the creative order. And it's just, it is, it is quite fantastic of a movie or I guess really book that calls us back to this idea of there has to be more than, than the chaos of the world around us. There has to be more sure. even than the temporary beauty of the world around us. Sure. There is just something so much deeper yeah. And sometimes our part in it, and there's another quote that uh, John Wesley's quote reminds me of. It was written by a rabbi um, that says, we are not responsible for the end result, basically. Uh, basically, we are, we, we are not responsible for the perfection of the world, but nor can we abandon the mission to help the world. And, yeah. and I'm butchering that quote, but basically it is that for some of us, our part to play in the narrative may be like the Harrison Ford character. We die in the end. Or, you know, we don't get to see Buck find his true calling as the leader of this new wild pack. We don't get to always see the end results of our work. Um, sometimes we're just the people that are in the midst of the implosion or the explosion or the chaos. Um, and yet, even with that, we still are called to do our part, even if it may be a small part, sure. um, in the, the reconciliation of the world. Yeah. Pastor Mike? You know, I think uh, as, as good as this uh, movie points us to, you know, that search for peace, it also does a very good job saying where you're not going to find it. And I made the, the uh, reference to the alcohol, but it also, you know, this is in the midst of the big gold rush. Yeah. And, and you know, it does a very good job of saying, you know, this is not where you find it either not in yeah. gold or greed and the chaos that is that encircles all of those is completely different yeah. from the order and the peace that that is eventually found. Yeah, you know, the movie makes almost no pol I couldn't actually find any political statement really being made in the movie. The one time I thought it was is when there's a moment where a character says, you know, this is enough gold for one man. I thought it was kind of going that direction, but then that same character a few scenes later makes the decision and said, "You know what? Gold doesn't matter at all." Take it if you want it, leave yeah. it if you want. This is something which is so low tier in life that it's not even worth me thinking about. After he kind of has that moment of eyes to see and ears to hear, it, it ends in such a, a great way. I love the movie. Right, and it's a journey getting there. Yeah. And sometimes oh, yeah. a tragedy happens to yep. get there. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up this conversation real quick, because we're past and we got to get to our last <laughs> segment where we're going to do a Bible study. You know, this designed place... You know, we look at the world around us. We look at everything that's created by God. There is a way of life that is much more than a physical place. It's much more than just a geographical territory. Um, it's a way of life. And just as Buck, he experienced the spoils from man as well as the suffering from man in the course of love and the adventure that he takes, you know, none of these things really were the full actualization of the design place. There was a greater love that God has for his people and there, there is a greater suffering than just the suffering of this world. There is suffering that is the eternal disconnection from God. And this designed place that 
or this designated place that that Buck gets to where his ancestors once roamed, it is it is much more than just a physical plane. It is something that is deeper than that. And when we hear the word parish coming from John Wesley, it is something that is much more than a physical place. It's more than just a parish somewhere in England with an Anglican church. It's more than just here in Jolton with the Nazarene church. It's this idea that there is a spiritual realm that God is calling us to, that we would participate in it, and that we would return to that original design from God. That when we can walk there, we are part of something which is larger than time and space. You know, John Wesley, he has good news to share with people about this place that is made by God. And of course, this is the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God does not have borders. And just as Buck, when he returns back to this call of the wild, he finds something beautiful. So any final thoughts on this movie before we wrap it up? We're good? We're good. We're good? It, I highly recommend this movie. Go check out this movie. Um, you should be able to rent it online in a lot of places right now. I think they've got different promotions and things. It's a very, very good movie. Well, we will be back here in a second to talk about um, the Psalms. All right, so as we wrap up our program today, we do thank you for spending time with us. If you want to help us out, just grab a link to our content and share it with the world. So we've talked about a lot of things. We had some casual conversations. We talked about some pop culture. And now let's get into a Bible study. We're going to go to Psalm 137. And this is a psalm from the exile. And it opens up looking back at life down by the rivers of Babylon. But verses 4 through 6 in Psalm 137 have a aspirational trajectory, just like a buck. In the movie Call of the Wild, he has those aspirations. He has that that memory, that something deep within him. It manifests as the wolf, just as John Wesley says, wherever I'm at, you know, Lord, hold me accountable that the whole world will be my parish. The psalmist writes a sentiment like this in Psalm 137. And verses 4 through 6 read, How can we sing of the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand wither, let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy. And again, Jerusalem here, it's serving a very similar role as the wolf in the call of the wild movie. It's serving a similar role as the the parish for uh, John Wesley. This whole idea that wherever I am, we can get distracted. We can forget about Jerusalem. We can ignore the wolf. We can ignore the divine image calling us back. So what I want us to do for our Bible study today is I'm just going to open up the, the floor here for some conversation. What comes to your mind when you see Jerusalem mentioned here in verses 5 and 6? What is Jerusalem symbolizing? What do you see there within those two verses? So whoever would like to go first? Um, well, I think especially when we put this in the context, like you said, of the exile, for them, Jerusalem, you have the temple and you have uh, the palace. And so Jerusalem is this place, this connection to God, this intimate, knowable, relatable uh, connection to God, and also this is the uh, the place of the the reminder of the promise fulfilled. Um, you know, all the way back in Abraham, God says, "I will make you a great nation. I will make you a great people." And the people of God had a journey through a lot to go from Abraham to then King David and this golden age, uh, this establishment that they were uh, a great people. And however, exile took all that. They took the palace. They destroyed the temple. All those connections with this divine uh, promise, this blessing 
uh, this covenant have now all those reminders, all those touchable, feelable, knowable reminders that they were the people of Yahweh have been destroyed. And so as this psalm is calling the people back to is, is really is, again, as Pastor Dylan said, it's more than just a physical location. Like we can all hop on a plane uh, and go to Jerusalem. It's more than just the city Jerusalem. It is that connection, that knowability, that the covenant, the call, the the mission that God has given the people is there. And that's where also, I mean, ironically, that's where then you have Jesus uh, coming in or even the prophets coming in and be like, you've got your reminders. Uh, basically, you've got your symbols and the meanings mixed up. You've, you've, made, you've made the symbol more important than the, the meaning. But even with all that, there is this aspiration, this longing, this desire to get back to Jerusalem so that you can once again be the blessed nation so that you can bless others. You can be uh, the mighty people of God who have fulfilled that, that intrinsic, that designed uh, purpose that y'all have been given. And so, yeah, so this is like, if we forget that, if we forget the calling uh, for the right hand to wither, that's, that's more than just, you know, your hand falling asleep. That's the right hand is predominantly what people use to work to be able to survive. And so they're calling like, if we cannot aspire to be the people of God, then we can't even, we shouldn't even be able to do the basic functions of life. Wow. Pastor Mike. Well, I think too, if we look at how they, they end up in exile, it is they have turned away from God. And so they, that's what brought them into exile is their, um, turning to other gods and idolatry and and uh, you know they didn't love the Lord your God with all your heart soul mind and strength and love your neighbors yourself both of those uh, they kind of had abandoned and with that they find themselves in exile so when they want to go back to Jerusalem it is this longing that's calling them more to the not just they that physical place of Jerusalem but to that right relationship with God right relationship with uh, other human beings, right relationship with, uh, you know, oneself and, of course, all creation. And so that that is this calling that God, that, that they feel in, inside. And, yes, it is a physical place, Jerusalem. But understand, that is, uh, you know, contingent upon them being God's people, as Pastor Amanda said. And so once they had turned away from that, they found themselves in exile, turned away from sure. God. It is that that something inside that says we are God's people. We want to go back to Jerusalem. We want to be God's people. We want to 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 live in the righteousness of God and the instructions and be obedient. Yeah. So y'all took that in really different directions, but I think those are wonderful applications that takes Amanda to take this and this is the personal the tangible this is the the sensory real intimate you can know it reminder and then Pastor Mike kind of points out well you know, when you look at the course of time, they already forgot Jerusalem, and that's why you get taken out of Jerusalem mm-hmm. when you forget that. So great, great takes yeah, on that. And, just, and they're both true. Yeah. I th- oh, I'm, oh, not, absolutely. I'm not in, oh, yeah. in argument with Pastor Man. I'm yeah. just saying these, it's a both and. It's Yo, not oh, a either absolutely. or. Yeah. Well, that's where we're going to wrap up this. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Um, any final thoughts? Any interesting things you saw this week? Any really surprising final thoughts you want to share with the world? Some movie or something you saw that triggered your mind? No, I... I 
<laughs> nothing aspirational other than um, Regal's, the movie theater that's most predominant here in Nashville, keep teasing us that they may release a date of when they're going to open up, and then they don't. Um, so my aspiration is to go back to the movie theater. Oh, well, that's, that's a good a, aspiration. Is yeah. it? I don't know. That might be a low bar. But, man, that is my place of, like, relaxation. Yeah. And then well, you can't, I, I can you, hear you on you that. You can't do that at home. Like, it has to be in a movie theater. So yeah. I cannot wait for movie theaters to reopen. You, you know, right. I think probably one of the most beautiful aspirational uh, events that I've been in, involved with is uh, last Sunday with, there was a baptism. And... And uh, it was a father and his son were baptized. And the daughter wanted to be, but she was still kind of young. We're trying to get her to understand. But she, her desire to be, want to be a part was so strong. Uh, and, again, she played Amazing Grace right after they were baptized on the piano. And it was beautiful. And it was such aspiring to say, you know, I want, I'm a part of this family of God. And though I haven't, you know, it's not my baptism. I am steer, still here with them. Um, it, it was just a tremendous, I was, I was blessed to be, to be able to participate in that was any, any way or yeah. fashion. It was yeah. great. And, um, if you want to see a cool movie, check out Paranoiac. <laughs> yeah. Um, Paranoiac's a really interesting thriller movie. If you liked Inception, this movie, I think, is is far better than Inception, um, though it's very different. It's it's hard to compare, but that's the closest thing I can compare it to. It has a very tedious plot that you've got to follow. Um, nothing like Inception at all, but at the <laughs> same time, it, it has a similar tedious plot. Um, it's it's similar in the fact that it's tedious, not that the plot's similar at all. Anyways, it's an old horror film, uh, if you can find that. Also, I saw a puppy yesterday. Some people had puppies that were given away, and there's a dog, and it's been stressing me out. I want this dog. <laughs> Um, well, anyways, on that, we'll Aspired wrap Inspired by a dog. Man, this goes so good with the call of the wild. Yeah, and Pastor Mike, close us out in prayer, will you? I'd be glad to. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, what uh, an opportunity you've given us to realize that the world around us, uh, wherever we may be, is really a place not only of our parish, but a call to participate in pointing people to you, all of us. And, and it's not just for clergy, it's for every viewer, every uh, person who is streaming. So dear Lord, help us uh, just as we have, you know, reflected on not only your scripture, but also um, the movie Call of the Wild. Lord, we realize that we are called to be your people in the midst of chaos in this world right now. Help us, Lord, point people to the order and the perfect hope, perfect love, perfect justice that's found only in you. We ask, Lord, this in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And on that note, God love you and have a blessed day.